All right, everybody, welcome to Men in Stripes, brought to you by StripeHype.com, an affiliate of Fansided, for another edition of Bengals coverage on, our, on the best podcast around you can find. Tim Daniel here, excited for a huge show. We're breaking down the NFL schedule tonight, as well as uh, the big news and the big trade in the NFL, so we have a lot to touch on. Let's go ahead and bring in our excellent co-editor of Stripe Hype, Matthew Wilson. Matthew, how we doing? I'm doing well. Hopefully you're feeling better. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was uh, not fun last week, to say the least. My poor, oh. my poor girlfriend had to take care of me. There you go. Well, that's that's uh, one of the big one of the big reasons why uh, women are much better than men. Yeah. So we'll go with that. Uh, we'll we'll go with that because I'm married, and uh, yeah, my wife every once in a while will pay attention to this. So. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't, I'm not there yet. Uh, she'll be there when I record. But she like is kind of like doesn't know anything about sports, so she just nods her head and goes, "Yeah, that sounds great." Uh, but anyway, <laughs> new schedule. Yeah, let's get right to it, man. So the schedule is out, and um, it's interesting. It is. We know they have a Monday night game with the New York Football Giants in the Meadowlands on uh, Week Ten, coming off a bye, coming off London yep. into a bye, playing the New York Football Giants. Yep. We know that Vontez Burfick will miss one of the Steelers matchups because the NFL is a bunch of pussies and put them at week two. Oh, did I say that? Well, you know, they don't have algorithms anymore. They have to go by computers and the uh, VP of broadcasting. Uh, By the way, if you haven't seen it, go to Bengals.com. They actually have a video published by the NFL Network showing the supposed way that the NFL schedule is created now. Um, of course, giving tribute to uh, the original uh, man, myth, and legend, and now I'm going to blank on his last name, but Val, um, who is the original schedule maker, which he had no help, which I didn't ever know that. that it was one guy who sat in a room for months on end and, and created an NFL schedule. Respect. That actually was really cool. Yeah, that's respect. So go to Bengals.com and check out the video because it's really, really cool in terms of seeing kind of how everything is broken down. But, yeah, Pittsburgh Week 2 in Pittsburgh. So it's going to be really brutal, although it makes it kind of interesting because, well, I'm in Pittsburgh, which, by the way, I found out today. Uh uh, Coming home from, uh, I told Tim I went to the Pirates game today with my first Pirates game with my daughter. Uh, And uh, I actually got behind, and I had to text Sean to make sure it wasn't him but somebody else who had a Bengals license plate frame. Nice. Pittsburgh. Nice. And I know they weren't lost because they had a Pennsylvania license plate. Oh. So. <laughs> Man, they are they do exist. I'm sure when I go to Dallas for that game, I'm probably going to be one of the, like, seven. I know we got. I know we have one or two down there, um, for sure. So. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So you will be uh, you will be one of the um, nine then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nine. Yeah, we'll get with that. Yeah. Uh, but of course, starting off the season with the New York Jets. Yeah. Um, in the Meadowlands. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So then you go to Pittsburgh. Um, yep. So then you come home for two weeks. You have Denver and Miami. It looks like Miami might be a Thursday night game. Because the date on it is nine twenty nine, and the Denver game's nine twenty five. Yep. So, oh great! Remember the last time we played Miami on Thursday night? Old Geno Atkins got hurt. Yeah, that was fun. That, that was Halloween, by the way. Yeah. So let's. That was some. That was some pretty bad tricks. Yeah. So we don't hate Halloween this year. <laughs> and then you got you go to Dallas, you go to New England, you come home for Cleveland, you go to London for Washington, you're on a bye. You go to the Meadowlands again to face the Giants. You come home for the Bills. Go to Baltimore. Come home for Philly. Go to Cleveland. <laughs> come home for Pittsburgh. Go to Houston. So wait. One, two, three, four, five, six. The last eight, last half of the season, they bounce back and forth between away, home, away, home, away, home, away, home. In the first half of the season, two, two away, two home, two away, two home. What in the world? I guess they like patterns. <laughs> Apparently so. So, yeah. We do at least get them home on week 17 when, on, by the way, on New Year's Day. Dude, 
I feel like this week 17 home game against Baltimore, has that been like five of the last six years? Like, since Dalton and Green have been on the team, I feel like there's only been once that that hasn't happened. Am I wrong there? Did they play? Was it Baltimore last year that they played yeah. Um, this season? Yeah, it was. Okay. Maybe because it didn't matter. Right. The year before was the Steelers on Sunday night. That was when A.J. Green got concussed by Mike Mitchell. And that's the that, only... Yeah. I think that's the only other time, like... Yes, you're right. So, let's look at the you know, non-conference, I mean, non-division, uh, games that really stand out, that really, you know, excite you for the matchup possibility, because, yes, you know, this the NFL's had a lot of changes offseason. You know, it's like, it, has, it doesn't feel like there's been a ton of moves compared to previous years, but it feels like all the moves have been huge. So, um, one game that really stands out for me is uh, Week 3 against the defending Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, who we still don't know who the heck their quarterback is. Uh, they don't yep. know who their quarterback is. Uh, nope. They're a defense that has lost a lot of players. Now, they still yep. have some talent. You know, they keep to leaves, the Chris Harris's, obviously the Von Millers. Um, but, man, they've lost how many guys on defense? Gosh. So that's, that's yep. a game that really stands out that's interesting to me. Um, obviously, Dallas. Um, I have a weird soft spot in my heart for the Cowboys, I guess, just because of uh, growing, up, uh, growing up in the 90s, I guess, might be my reasoning. Well, I mean, who who can forget... Of course, the Troy Aikman, uh, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens? What? That was Tony Romo. Uh, ter- or what? Ter- that was Tony Romo. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, who am I thinking of? Um, Michael wow, Irvin? My- Thank you. I was. I, we said it at the same time, too. That's a sad thing. <laughs> Michael Irving. Um, Emmett Smith. Yeah. Dion. Dion. Which was still kind of interesting because I still somewhat think of him as a Falcon, too. Yeah, I think it was uh, Cincinnati Red. Well, I remember, and I, I, I may be wrong, but I, I was at one of the games where he hit an in the park home run. I was what at one. So, uh, that that was kind of interesting. Um, by the way, ESPN is doing breaking down the Broncos schedule, and they actually have the Broncos losing at the Bengals in Week Three. Brian Dawkins has them losing Week Three. I I I get that man because you got to think like whoever's gonna be their quarterback if it's Paxton Lynch if it's Mark Sanchez if it's Colin Kaepernick their only People, hope going to that game is running the ball. Well, you also have what? Um, you have Connor Cook out of Michigan State who might go there. I mean, this whole thing, and we'll get into this in a minute, of course. But this whole thing with the trade now, um, if you haven't heard, uh, the Titans have traded away the number one pick to the Los Angeles Rams. I have to reprogram my mind. I almost said St. Louis there. Um, but they traded away the number one pick. Of course, the Rams also gave up their 15th, and then they gave up their, I believe, their second round, and then their two third rounds, and then next year, uh, their first round and their third round? Yeah. So they gave up a whole heck of a lot. We'll get into that to them in a minute. But, you know, going to that, Denver is now affected by this hugely because – a lot of people thought that they may go with a quarterback, especially with this whole Colin Kaepernick thing falling apart, and not knowing exactly who their quarterback's going to be. And, and if they may actually have to take uh, the quarterback out of Michigan State, Connor because I hate to say it, but you're going to have what? Um Goff most likely is going to be gone now. Wentz is going to be definitely gone. Paxton Lynch is going to be gone. Um, who else do we have in front of him? Um, or in front of Connor? Dak Prescott, maybe? Maybe. That, yeah. I'm not even ready to say that one. Yeah, um, I'm with you, man. Because I think, you know, because you got to think the Jets still don't know if they're going to have Fitzpatrick back. Right. So that's a huge thing there. Um, you know, they pick, what, 9th, 20th, 21st, 20th? Yeah. Yes. Um, and then who else has quarterback issues out there? What are the Cowboys going to do? Are they going to draft Romo's future player there? I mean, does this open the door for them to get Jalen Ramsey? Um, you know, does this open the door? You know, Ezekiel Elliott has been, rumored, uh, been linked to the Cowboys a few times of late. Um, yeah, man, there's so many interesting things there. Buffalo still is not been able to put a deal together for Tyrod Taylor for a long term, so, like, yeah. there's a lot going into this, man, that just makes this really interesting, um, and so, you know, that quarterback situation is going to be really huge there, for sure. Yep. Um, 
Exactly. Before, yeah. So, if you look at the schedule, you look at these teams here, man. If you had to just make a you know thought process off your head, I'll look at it and say that this team this team could win twelve games again next year. I'm a little bit less optimistic. Um, I think part of me still wants to see what this whole receiving core is behind AJ Green and Tyler Eifert. Um, and it somewhat concerns me and somewhat doesn't. Also, is there going to be a distraction with the fact that Giovanni Bernard's going into his last year? How well will Jeremy Hill do? Um, a couple things there, obviously offensively, that uh, allow for a little bit more of kind of a, a hesitation for me. I am probably in the 10-6 and 6 range. Um, my losses, you're in New England. I almost have to say that. Mm-hmm. I think they split with Pittsburgh. Yep. I hate saying that. Um, but that's number two. Um, it's it's hard. It's going to be hard with everybody back to sweep Baltimore again. No, it's not. Well, I'm on the fence with that. Um, dude, since look at this, since Steve Smith has been playing for the Ravens, they have never beat the Bengals. Senior? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't think I. Uh, Saw that stat. I like that stat, though. It's true, though. If you think, I mean, the Bengals were on a five-game win streak against Baltimore even before Smith got there. True. Um, and of course, I mean, but they had everybody injured, and that's my only big concern last year. Well, you got to um, think. It's like, and also those games are like, what is AJ Green going to do against Baltimore this game? <laughs> like, it's always like when you look at his highlight reel. By the time AJ Green's done, we're gonna have a highlight reel of AJ Green versus the Baltimore Ravens, and it might be twenty minutes long. Oh, that's that's going to be his whole Hall of Fame resume, isn't it? <laughs> it's, you're probably right. Um, Steve Smith's Hall of Fame resume is going to show him pushing off on players. <laughs> yep. Um, and and yellow hanky's coming out instead. Um, I, I like I like the matchup against Washington at home. I would or Jay, Jay Gruden should get a good homecoming there. You mean London? Uh, what's that? That's London, bro. Oh, in London. Oops. Still, he's going to play his old team. I keep forgetting they're going to London against Washington. Don't remind me. I'm pissed. I hate the fact that it's a home game. I think that should be on Washington. Try being a Bengals season ticket holder and knowing you have to give up a game for that. Are they at least charging you less? Um, Kind of. So they're charging us less in preseason. Okay. But they're still putting like adding to the price of the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. That's... Right, Logical, right? That makes interesting sense. Uh, it, it annoys the piss out of me. I won't lie to you. Um, Philadelphia is going to be interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, that one's going to be kind of one of those we don't know what they're coming out with um, because they're going to be a whole different team. Um, Houston, again, scares me a little bit. This team seems to have issues with Houston. Um, yeah. So that one, I don't, and especially at Houston, I don't like that game so much. Dallas, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't have as much of a soft spot for Dallas, um, especially with uh, the reason why Roger Goodell is still in charge, being the owner of that team. Um, I mean, between him and Robert Kraft, of course. Yeah. Uh, well, so, and, and, and so. I mean, and it's going to be tough too because you're coming you're coming off of the Miami game, going into Dallas, knowing that one week later you have to play New England in New England. Um, so being up for both of those games is going to be kind of tough, and it's going to weigh on their mind, even if they sit there and say we've got to just focus on one week at a time. I um, let's see if I go to my four. So I think they split with Pittsburgh. So that's one. Um, I think they lose New England. Um. I will say that they do lose to Houston just because Houston just matches up really well with them. Just I don't know what it is, man. They just do. And then um, I will say the last one because I think the Bengals will be in the driver's seat going into week 17 that they can go ahead and give A.J. McCarron some snaps. I think that they'll probably lose that game to Baltimore, but I don't think it's going to matter. I really don't, man. Like everyone, I'm seeing all these things on NFL.com. Everyone's saying the Steelers are going to win the division and the Bengals just lost too much. But – these people, these people seem to forget, like, the rifle makes wide receivers. Look how many dudes that kid's got paid. Yeah. So, 
I'm not concerned. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't love the idea of. Actually, I kind of I lied. I love the idea of AJ Green, Tyler for Brandon LaFell, and insert first round pick wide receiver here, whether that be Coleman, Dotson, Fuller, or Treadwell. Um, I'm all for that receiving core. And I love having Bernard and Hill. I think Hill's going to bounce back next year. I really do. I think he's going to fumble a couple times still just because, you know, it's part of the game. I don't think he's going to fumble as often and as big in situations as he has. Um, I think Tyler Croft's going to step up and be big for this team next year. I don't think he's going to have like six or seven touchdowns by any stretch, but I think he's going to be a really solid second tight end. And um, I still love this defense. You've got to still love the D-line. you still got to love the linebacking core, especially adding Carlos Dansby. Uh, P.J. Dawson's going to have another year underneath his belt. And, you know, I know re- losing Reggie Nelson sucks, but other than that, man, you're still looking at a really solid defensive back core there. I I like, you know, what this team has before the draft, and we're not even done yet adding free agency, you know, honestly. No, you're right. I mean, the Bengals have proven that they they don't stay quiet until, you know, the end, essentially. Um I mean, it is, I don't know, I'm still in one of those those aspects of, uh, I'm scratching my head a little bit because I, I want to see them do well, I want to see them succeed, but there again, you know, some of these teams still have so many question marks around them, you know, if they add the right pieces in the draft, now all of a sudden it becomes a, a much tougher schedule. Um, I don't think they'll have an issue with the Jets. Personally, yeah. uh, I think there's too many, too many things holding the Jets back there. Um, the Giants, I think, are going to be much better this year. I do too. Last year, um, their defense is stacked. And JPP has finally got his hand to a point where he's not in a club, if I remember hearing correctly. Huh. So, so he's going to have some use of that hand at least. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back. Um, for sure. I mean, so again, I'm going to stick with my 10 and six. I think we're going to see a couple games that they should win that they lose, um, like every year, but I, I like, I like the Bengals still to win. I think the Steelers will finish 10 and six. I think there'll be a tiebreaker, um, whether it be the division, um, cause Pittsburgh seems to always split one with, uh, they win here. We win there. They always split. They always seem to split with with Cincinnati, and then they always seem to split with Baltimore. Always seem to have at least a little bit of trouble with Baltimore. Um, I, I wouldn't say Cleveland is going to be an issue for either of these teams. I think it will go. It will come down to okay. Number one, can the Bengals finish five and one in the division? And number two, what is the similar schedule? Um, you know, and, and I think the Bengals can actually win the similar schedule race against the Steelers. So. For me, I think the Bengals and the Steelers actually tie, but I think the Bengals actually clinch it going into Week 17 by the light schedule. I can't turn my knees. Yeah, that could be fair. That could be true, man. So we had a. Uh, is that your daughter there? That is my daughter. Nice, nice, making a radio debut. She is making a radio. She made her. She went to the Pirates game today for the first time, and she's making radio debut. There you go. Are you guys actually Pirates fans? I. Uh, I, there's a long history behind that because I used to be a Reds fan until uh, Chris Sabo kind of got, uh, shall we say, screwed over. Okay. <laughs> so that was my favorite player for the Reds. And, and to this day, I, I mean, Chris Sabo, Rookie of the Year, uh, back in what, 92, 93? 87. Uh, what was it? 87. Was it 87? Yeah. How the freak did he end up being my favorite player at that point? That was when I was born. Was it like... He's still my... He's still my favorite player. I still remember the goggles, everything. Was it like the cork bat? Was it when that happened when all the all the bouncy balls broke out of his bat? Pretty much. Yeah. Oh uh, no, I actually, and it was funny because he he has sat there and said, and I I believe him. I mean, to the fact that that number one wasn't his bat, and number two, you know, of course, this is back when players didn't put their names on bats. Go figure. Early ninety or early mid nineties, and so I mean, it's one of those situations where. Uh, Marge shot basically left him hanging out to dry, didn't support him, and just kind of let him go. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't like Marge shot. I like Shotzi. Shotzi was like the <laughs> cutest thing ever, right? Yeah. Uh, 
Um, so I, I, I liked him, but then uh, some, as I said, some stuff happened with Chris Sable. I didn't like the way it was handled. Um, and so, needless to say, I went to the uh, Cubs. The Cubs team kids were playing with Daddy's money. Didn't like that situation. And when in Pittsburgh, I guess do as sometimes the Romans do. And uh, Jay Hay, Cincinnati boy. Uh, you hurt my soul. What's that? You hurt my soul. You know what? I have met Jay Hay. He is one of the most honest guys, one of the nicest guys, one of the most down to earth guys that you could ever meet. And, and plain and simple, I mean, the kid's nine nine days younger than me, by the way. Yeah. Nine younger than me. And uh, so Jay Hay, again, one of the nicest guys in the world. Um, he's one of those guys that if you met, he would take five minutes just to say hi. And um, he does a lot of charity work, does a lot of good work. You, you don't see him getting in trouble. He's got a good head on his shoulders. And he's one of the few players still in the MLB to have worked for everything that he has earned. And, and plain and simple, he has. I mean, it isn't one of those you know, God-given skills where he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and be the greatest player. Every day he comes, every day he comes to play, every day he comes to um, do his best and give 110%, and that is how he is. And so... I have mad respect for the boy. Yeah. So, side note on that. I just realized that Vontez Burfick makes his NFL return on Thursday Night Football. Against Miami. Yeah, that'd be cool. That is cool. But then again, Tannehill might have a headache. I would say Ryan Tannehill might get his soul ripped out like that, like Mortal, <laughs> like Mortal Kombat style. Absolutely. No, and I'll look forward to that because Ryan Tannehill yelled at practice squad defense of, or, uh, defenders telling them that they're not good enough and that he shouldn't... Uh, <laughs> He shouldn't uh, be. They shouldn't be picking him off. So, <laughs> please rip out his soul. He has none anyway. All right, man. Let's talk about it. The big news in the day, man, because you know this is the talk of the NFL. Obviously, with the schedule coming out and everything, but the big trade that is the Tennessee Titans dealing out of the first pick of the draft to the Los Angeles Rams. Man, Hard Knocks is going to be fun this year, isn't it? You're going to talk oh, the first year in LA. You've got Todd Gurley. You're about to have. Jared Goff. Uh, you still don't have many wide receivers. I don't think Tavon Austin's going to carry the load there for you. A lot of interesting stuff there, man. Um, first off, we got to give props where props are due because the deal that they made, um, that excuse me, that the uh, Titans made to get to that first pick is excellent. Because let's be honest, they get to Marco Murray. Like that's the first pick in the draft. You know, like that's a huge get. And then you go and you get, you get all these picks added to it. You can trade down. You might potentially be able to get still somebody to protect Mariota because that the guy who loses in this only is Laramie Tunsil. That's the kid that loses the most. Um, you know, because he might he might drop to the Titans at fifteen at this point, like with all the, with all the offensive line needs, or or like Ronnie Stanley might be there at fifteen. Um, you know, it's just such a crazy crazy thing. It's been a long time since I can remember a first overall pick being traded. Um, gosh, was it Michael Vick? It's been since Michael Vick. Michael Vick. It has. It's, has it been since Michael Vick? You know what? I'm almost positive it's been since Michael Vick. Huh. Damn. That's crazy. So, dude, like, your thoughts on it, man? Like, how shocked you were to see it? Because it's not something that happens all the time, obviously. What do you think about it? You know. I can understand why the Rams did it. Me too. Um, but the Rams got rid of so much. Can they afford to lose all these draft picks with everything that they have lost by dropping players, by trying to drop cap, everything that way? Can they afford all these draft picks? I don't think so. No. And so I think what we're seeing here maybe is a little bit too much of Hollywood. And... A lot less of, like, reasoning. And so, for me, like, kudos to the Titans. I take right. this trade all day long. Same here. But if I'm the Rams, and if I'm fans from our fans of the L.A. Rams, because God knows they everybody in St. Louis burned their jerseys, but if I'm a fan of the L.A. Of the LA Rams, right now I am kicking myself, and I'm asking... Should I really become, or should I really just go back to the San Francisco 49ers? Um, or should I go back to Oakland? Or should I, 
you know, any of those teams. Because, in all honesty, none of this makes sense nope. from a Rams perspective. And so, for me, granted, they can get, they could get the next Tom Brady with this number one pick. We won't know, obviously, until the season happens. But they just absolutely dismantled their defense. Mm-hmm. They've somewhat dismantled their offense. Mm-hmm. And so you still have nobody to protect this number one draft pick if you go quarterback. Yeah. Number one. And number two, you've got no draft pick to pick up anybody to protect this number one draft pick. You don't. And so it makes no sense from from the Rams' perspective. From the Titans' perspective, Huge. I am like making the Johnny Manziel money signs right now. Yeah, you have to, because you got to think, man. There are still so many good players at 15. Like, how many guys have we listed over the last couple months of, like, guys that you can see going anywhere from two to 25 that you go, damn, that's a good fit. And the Titans are going to have, like, they're going to have so many opportunities to get good players there. And they can make their choices, because, you know, Marriott is their franchise. So they went and got yeah. a running back. Yeah. You can't do much better than the running back they got in a trade. No. So it goes, okay, what do you do that? Should we go protect them? Do we get some offensive linemen? Do we go get a Stanley? Do we go get a Tunsil? Do we go get a Conklin? Or he really needs targets. Do we go get one of these four receivers that we keep talking about potentially falling to the Bengals? Tell me the idea of Marcus Mariota with DeMarco Murray in the backfield throwing to Josh Doxson doesn't sound awesome for a Titans fan. Your wife would be stoked. Like, that would be huge. Um, as a as a building pattern there, or like I said, you go and get because I honestly think that Ronnie Stanley and Tunsil still go in the top ten. Um, I don't think I think San Diego could really jump on Tunsil to protect Philip Rivers because they need a lot of offensive line help, and I think the Bears are really going to look at Stanley when we so when we do our mock draft here. Well, we only have two weeks; we got to get that done soon. Um, to get uh, to get there, I think that you know that's going to be a situation there. Uh, but yeah, man, like it's just so interesting there. I, I love the idea for the Titans because you're stacking up. Um, I think the Rams actually traded a couple of their RG three picks in this deal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you. So when you look at this, you go and get. I I think it's golf. I'm sure you think it's golf too. Um, you go get golf. All right. You have Todd Gurley in the backfield, who is the future of the NFL at running back. I don't see many people are going to be able to do the things he does for the next 10, 11 years. Um, but who do you have a wide receiver? Tavon Austin. Um, I saw Stedman Bailey's running routes after his uh, brutal, brutal, brutal tragedy, and I'm glad to see that he looks healthy and well. I mean, that's just great to see. Um, but even before then, like, Brian Cook, uh, is Wes Walker going to play for him next year? Like, is he going to do anything? Like, what 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 are you what are you doing with these picks? Like, you haven't signed any wide receivers that are going to be like a big jump. You lost a lot of players, not just in who you release, but who you cut. Uh, I mean, but not but but uh, who, who signs elsewhere. So you don't have a DeJoris Jenkins anymore in your secondary. Um, you don't have your all-time tackle leader in James Laurinaitis, like we talked about. Like, what? This is, seems like it's a deal where Stan Kroenke is just like, I just want to sell tickets, which you're in LA, dude. You don't need to make this deal to sell tickets. Oh, I mean, they still have Kenny Britt. True. Uh, which we all know that Kenny Britt's best years were with Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Um, of course, Todd Gurley. I think we mentioned him in the backfield. Yeah, but uh, even though, I mean, his backup Trey Mason's now like has an arrest warrant. Yeah. Um, Brian Quick is still there. Yeah. Uh, and Bailey, we said. Um, Those I mean, aren't big-time players, though. Those aren't guys that make you go, I need a game plan that Brian Quick doesn't beat me this week. No, the only one that I think you could sit there and say that has any type of... Actually, there's two. that You might have to at least have some type of plan around. Are there one and two? And that is Kenny Britt and Tavon Austin. Um, at least on paper, because Kenny Britt, again, Jeff Fisher knows how to use him, Jeff Fisher knows how to exploit him, and 
make sure that that you know at least that he knows what he's doing. Um, that's something that he hasn't had that he didn't have in what? Uh, where was he? New England for a short period of time. Who's that? Fisher? No, no, no. Uh, Kenny Britt. Tennessee. Ten- well, he was with Tennessee. He went somewhere else before he went to St. Louis, didn't he? Hold on, I'm looking this up. Keep that thought. I, I almost want to say he was with. I could be wrong, but I want to say he was with for a short period of time. New England. Nope, I was wrong. It was just St. Louis. Aha! So I was wrong. But he was the number two. I mean, last year, played in all or the past two years, he's played in all 16 games. And he's had 680 on 2015, or 681 yards in 2015. And he had 748 yards in 2014. So, there again, you know, without Jeff Fisher, we saw him do uh, playing. 12 games, have 11 receptions and 96 yards in 2013. I mean, it was terrible. 2014 and 15, he's come back. I, so, I mean, again, the number two there. Tavon Austin's kind of the number three, but he's kind of the number one if they use him correctly. Yeah. Uh, because he has that talent. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, Brian Quick fan. I have been fantasy football one year. He did well for me. Um, He is 6'3", though. Yeah. That concerns me size-wise, but so is Kenny Britt. Tavon Austin is uh, the uh, the what of uh, the NFL? 5'8". Remind you anybody? Uh, Jose Altuve? No, I was thinking Will Fuller. Will Fuller's 6'1". Is he 6'1"? I thought he was short. No, he's 6'1". I'll have to look that up. I thought he was short. I said next to the homeboy, all right? I know you have. I'm not questioning you. I'm sitting here just throwing. For some odd reason, I was thinking he, I was reading something. He was short. I mean, six one's not tall. Six one ain't short either. Hold on, he might be five ten. Well, that would put us both in the middle. He's six foot even. Six even. Six foot. Okay. Yeah, I'm still closer, but. Yeah, you are, but that's fine. And it's, it depends. It depends who's measuring him, right? Exactly. <laughs> I don't care if he's six foot seven. He runs a four three four, and but he scores. Tavon Austin has speed, and that's one thing that in this game Tavon Austin's speed plays off. Yeah, it does. But at the same time, like Tavon Austin's big plays—if you look at them—they're never like he goes deep downfield and beats somebody. It's the Rams ran some trick play that he fooled everybody. It's not like he like runs past some safety like. And this isn't just keep bringing this up, because I will say this about Corey Coleman, too. If you see the highlights of these guys like Corey Coleman and Will Fuller, they literally run past safeties who game plan for seven days. Don't let this guy get behind you. And they still do. Like, Tavon Austin hasn't done that in the NFL. Now, again, I will say that the guys that Corey Coleman and Will Fuller had throwing to them in college might have been better than the NFL quarterbacks Tavon Austin has had. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Deshaun Kaiser, I think, could probably play in the NFL next year somewhere. But, yeah, like, honestly, uh, it's just kind of that process there for them. So, yeah, man, I think that uh, I just don't know what the Rams are doing there. I understand why they're getting the first pick, but they're not setting up this kid for failure. I mean, for, for success, um, who, whether it be golf or Wentz. I think it's golf. Um, and I think Wentz ends up in Cleveland at pick two. So, I don't think either of these kids, even though I like them both, I think they're both going to be good NFL quarterbacks. I don't think they're going to be great NFL quarterbacks. I don't think they're going to be pro bowlers. Like, big, every week, every year in Europe, pro bowlers. I actually, I think Wentz has a bigger has a chance to be that way. Um, it's just, it's so frustrating, so scary to see for these poor kids that are like, yeah, you're the first two picks, you're going to make a lot of money. That's that's about it. Yeah, uh, I feel bad kind of for Tonsil because, I mean, he was set up to be that number one. Pick. He might have just lost fifteen million dollars. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it may be the best case scenario too for him because, granted, he would be protecting Marcus Mariota, but I'm not a I'm not huge yet on the the Titans um coaching staff. I think they have a lot still to prove. I like obviously Marcus Mariota. I love him. I like obviously uh, how that that team's set up offensively at this point. 
Um, you know, now it's just a matter of can they put it all together? And I don't know. Like, for me, I've seen what their coaching staff has done in the past. And their coaching staff in the past has been okay since Jeff Fisher. Nothing to really write home about. Yeah. They've had a decent years, but nothing spectacular. And so until I see something spectacular, I think coaching is going to be their biggest issue. You can have all the superstars in the world, and if they don't play well together, then you've accomplished nothing. Um, trying to think of what's the best team that that was. Maybe it was Miami. Was kind of the last team that was like, you know, they had a, some great players, but they ne- didn't play well together. Yeah, um, Miami did that. I feel like that's like every NBA team anymore. Like any super team that's not the Miami Heat of the LeBron James days. Um, it's like every baseball team that spends a ton of money these days, except for the Cubs. Oh, the Cubs didn't really spend a lot of money, actually. They just put a team together. But yeah, it's you're right. It's so crazy there, for sure. Um, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I think it's you know, just... It's like, it's so rare but it's so neat and you know it's so nice because it gives us something to talk about in the off season like holy hell this is happening you know what i mean so i'm stoked about it um i totally feel bad for Lormy tunsil <laughs> like that kid like you said i mean he was so set <laughs> so other than that man seeing these prospects we have a. Uh, tomorrow is that we get the results of the um of the medical day uh, from the combine so everything so we have a, yeah. a lot of those kids that we didn't get to those Miles Jacks, those Jalen Smiths. We're going to find out a lot about where these kids will be drafted tomorrow. Yeah, there's there's a good idea that we'll have there, obviously, from from a physical standpoint. Of course, you know, I, nobody puts anything into this IQ test, or at least they shouldn't. Um, I think the IQ test is about as good as Common Core. Um, and... Yeah, my wife's a teacher, too, so uh, Common Core, yeah. We won't ask her that question, either. Because <laughs> we'll, we'll be, you won't get off that topic for the next hour. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm kind of one of those... I don't know, this, this whole thing is... We love to see what the physical, physicality, or the... How, how good these guys are in physical condition, how healthy they are, everything that way. But we all know that nobody is going to be a make or break until they hit the football field. And yeah. uh, Clowney is probably the best example of that. I am not ready to write him off yet. I'm not either, but he's got to stay 100% healthy and he's, got to continue to just study the guy that he has on the other side of the field. And the middle. Hell, you forgot Vince Wilfork's on that team. Well, I think from a leadership standpoint, Wilfork helps. But J.J. Watt, if you are – because, of course, he, you know those two spend a lot of time together in the film room. I am listening to everything that man says if I am clowny. Oh, yeah. And I'm taking it in, I am taking notes, and I'm just learning everything I can because if you want to talk about probably, what, he's he's only halfway into his career and you can already call him pretty much a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I don't think it's pretty much. I would say, I would, I would say that he's got, a, he's got his place waiting for him in Canton already. So, I mean, that's somebody that I'm, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. sitting on a, on a daily basis or at least twice a week going, all right, here's what I see from my standpoint. What do you think I can improve on? And I'm just listening. And so, you know, Clowney has every opportunity in the world still. Uh, He's just got to stay healthy. Did you see today, um, you know, NFL.com's doing these, like, draft do-overs that they do every year? I haven't seen that yet. So they did one today, and it was, like, the 2014 draft do-over. And they had, you know... It was kind of interesting, I saw, because they had, with the first pick, they had the Texans taking Derek Carr. Totally see that. And yep. they had the second pick, they had, who was it? 
had the second pick that year. Oh man, whoever it was it was your whoever it was they had taking Teddy Bridgewater, and then and then they had Blake Bortles going three to Jacksonville. Still, they had Sammy Watkins. They still had Cleo Mack going five. So basically, whoever wrote this said that they think whoever the second pick that year would still have rather had Teddy Bridgewater than Khalil Mack. <laughs> I love Teddy Bridgewater. No way. No way would I pass up Khalil Mack if I could have a do-over. Well, I agree with you. My only thing with that is we've seen him have flashes where he's good. Mack, I like. But was that a need for them at that point? Let me let me find it. Dylan was the one that tweeted, and that's who I saw it from. Okay. I don't know, like. And so yeah, we get on Twitter during our show. People don't judge us. Yeah. By the way, that means that if you have questions, and we do record every single time, 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. If you have questions, just tweet them. It was like, the Rams. Because we'll we'll be on Twitter looking at questions too, and we can ask them right away. Um, so please do that. Uh, yeah, the Rams I, taking Bridgewater instead of Greg Robinson. Okay. I still take well, Khalil Mack. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. 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 But then again, I still, I still love, uh, which. I, I like the fact that ESPN has uh, the reason or Jeff Fisher on trying to reason why they decided to spend the farm. Hey, so while, while we're doing this, man, um, you know, like we did have some Bengals news this week. Yeah. Um, yes. I touched on yeah. it there. Uh, Tyler Eifert getting his option picked up. I think you and I both said that we expect the Bengals are going to try to start negotiating with him this off season to try to get his deal done for a long term deal. Um, yeah. I fully feel he is a guy that the Bengals have to keep. They cannot let Tyler Eifert get away from them. Um, just such a red zone threat. I don't think he's even touched his ceiling yet because he hasn't even played a full season yet. I mean, the most games he's played now is 13. Um, I think that he's just, you know, he's a guy you got to have. I think you can agree with that too. Um, yes. So, I think it's, I mean, obviously it's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So, I fully believe the Bengals are going because, you know, you seem, it seems to be now, do we know they're not going to overpay for somebody, but we know who they think is important to them. Because we know they weren't going to pay $9 million to get to keep Muhammad Sanu. Um, and, you know, the Marvin Jones deal, we know the Bengals offered it, but he took it elsewhere. I don't think the Bengals are too sad about losing him, honestly. Um, so I think that, you know, Tyler Eifert's a huge get you got to have there. So what do you think, man? You know, obviously it's the right move. We think we can agree on that. But how far, how big is it for this team? Well, I mean, it's for sure the right move. Tyler Eifert is such a huge part of this team. Um, he's he is probably I and, and I know I'm going to probably get hate mail on this. I think he's even more important than AJ Green because and the yeah. reason I say this is because AJ Green, we know what he's going to do week in and week out. We know his role. Without Tyler Eifert there, we don't see the production from A.J. Green. We don't see uh, the respect that A.J. Green gets, uh, or we don't, I shouldn't say with respect. We, see, we don't see you know linebackers trying to hold position because now they have to account for uh, Tyler Eifert. We don't see safeties trying to creep up to try to guard Tyler Eifert because um, you know he's not there type thing. He becomes much more important to this team in so many different ways. Uh, the one thing I would love to see Tyler Eifert improve on is the run block. Yeah. I mean, we know we know that he's okay at run block, but he's not by any means where guys like Keith Miller, who excelled, and the reason why uh, guys like you know, Le'Veon Bell and, and D'Angelo Williams have done so well because they've had the outside sealed up pretty well. Um, I mean, he's, and, and it's not to expect him to be that. But at the same time, he's got to have – that's probably his one area of improvement that he should focus on kind of going into, you know, the, the off-season workouts and things like that as we come do for him. Um, but 
the importance, as I said, kind of goes for kind of goes further than just he's a receiving threat. He takes bodies away from these wide receivers, and that in itself is probably the most important thing. Not to mention he does catch a few balls at time to time, uh, but just the just his presence is is so much more important to this team than even his contribution from catching the ball. And so, you know, for him, or for, for the team to lock him up with his option um, and give them some time to, to really uh, negotiate and, and get get things set with the team was definitely the right move. And he, he truly is top top two, if not the, the, the most important player on this team going into 2016. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So, all right, man, so we got a few minutes left here. Um, let's go ahead and touch on a little bit of picking up or putting down. I don't have too many topics this week, but I think we can still have some fun with it. So, you ready? Well, first we probably should mention Men in Stripes, brought to you by StripeHype.com. Bum, bum, bum. And, uh, of course, fan-sided, our fan-sided network of Stripe Hype is that lovely thing. Um, our guys do a great job every single week. Uh, we got a new one, or there's a couple new ones out, of course, touching on the schedule, touching on probably the biggest news this week, too, was uh, why Hugh Jackson didn't stay in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Of course, the Rams versus Titans. Um, we'll, touch in the, we'll touch on the Hugh Jackson thing and how much, uh, and I actually will use that as a picking up and putting down question, so we don't need to break that down just yet. Sounds good. So, picking up or putting down, go ahead. All right. Now, with everything that has now happened today in the draft, picking up or putting down at number four in this year's NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Jalen Ramsey, defensive back from Florida State. I am picking up because I think he'll be there. Um, I, I I think for the most part, um. And, and I don't know why I'm blanking on who has the number three spot. I know who has the number two spot. Um, Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville no, will be no, a great... No, no, San Diego is three. Dallas is four. Jacksonville is five. I think San Diego, as much as they would like defense, I think they could go for, um, if they don't trade away from that spot, I think they could possibly go for uh, a tonsil. Yeah. Because, no offense... Um, Philip Rivers, even though I think he was the second most in passing yards, still got beat on in that backfield. Yep. And somebody to, to really help to protect him would be a huge thing, which means Jalen Ramsey would be there because obviously number one, number two seems like it's going quarterback with, uh, with Goff going one and Wentz going two. Um, so I, I'm picking it up because I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be there, number one. Number two, uh, yeah, they need somebody to stop somebody. Right. Because that's the biggest issue they had last year. I'm picking up. Um, I still think he's the best player in this draft. Uh, even though he might not be the best fit for the first three teams, I think that there's no way in hell that he gets past the Dallas Cowboys. And I like Joey Bosa a lot, and I could definitely see Bosa going to the Cowboys with that pick. But as far as the defensive back, you can put him at corner. You can put him at safety. You can have him as your punt returner. I think Jalen Ramsey just brings so much to the table. And if Big D hits with that guy, they hit hard. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. I mean, um, Ramsey is, is definitely somebody that, that Dallas could very well benefit from. Um, you know, kind of going further from that, I think Jacksonville uh, – Although they have a couple of needs, I think they go defense. I think they might go Bosa. Um, yeah. No way Bosa slips fast Baltimore, but I think Jacksonville goes Bosa just to give them another defensive weapon because they have a few good offensive players, and, and so they they I think stay away. If Tunsil doesn't fall to Jacksonville, I think they go defense. I think they go Bosa, and uh, so it'll be interesting the top five picks uh, there. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So sticking on the NFL draft, picking up or putting down, Ezekiel Elliott, running back of Ohio State, pick number eight, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm putting down. Ooh. I'm putting down because there's a team that is right in front of them that has a new head coach 
that wants somebody who can help them play a fast-paced offense. And I think 100% that they could, that the San Francisco 49ers could look. Now, granted, they have other needs too, but they could look to really go after somebody like Ezekiel Elliott to help kind of bolster that offense out of the backfield, whether it be a short receiving threat in a screen pass or even somebody who can go up the middle and, and be explosive because that's the kind of thing Chip Kelly loves. Yeah, I agree. I think that Ezekiel Elliott is the best offensive player in this draft, and I think that Jalen Ramsey is the best player in this draft. I could agree with that. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm going to put down, man, because I really honestly haven't counted out the Miami Dolphins as a potential land for him, even though it's a little lower in the draft. I think they could potentially try to make that move there. Um, I think that there's a, I mean, someone's going to go high on Ezekiel Elliott. There's just no doubt about it. Um, and you know, he's another kid. If you hit, you hit hard and you're really happy about it. Remember Philadelphia got that number eight pick from Miami. Oh yeah, they did. I am losing it. I'm sorry. I did not mean that. So yeah, I, I will put down, I think Elliott will end up going right there. I'm with you. I think he'd go to San Fran though. I still think if San Fran could potentially, you know, depending on what happens with the first couple of picks, they could potentially be looking at Carson Wentz there. Um, cause you know, we all know Chip Kelly likes to make those picks too. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing there. Um, I'd like, yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely see how that goes. All right. Hmm. Ooh, I'm going up. You got, Do you want me to go ahead with, uh, the Hugh question? Sure. Okay, picking up or putting down. Of course, the Hugh Jackson story came out about you know the Bengals basically not wanting to write him in as the next head coach and not wanting to guarantee it. Him being power hungry, picking up or putting down. Do you really believe that this is truly the story on why Hugh Jackson left compared to really just wanting to be a head coach in the NFL in 2016? I'll put down, but halfway. I might like okay. I might bend the card. <laughs> um, All right. I really believe Marvin Lewis put that plan together. And I really believe that Marvin Lewis wanted to keep him here. So, and I think Marvin Lewis really believes that he wants to step down, you know, to get and help, help Hugh Jackson there. But at the same time, I don't in any way, shape, or form believe that this that Hugh Jackson was just like, yeah, that's cool. I'll sit there and wait. Don't mind me. I'll just hang out here instead of wait for when 12 teams want to hire me. Because you got to remember, the whole time he's dealing with, he's having these talks with uh, the Browns, he's negotiating a deal to go fly to New York to go interview for that job. Um, yep. He's, you know, looking at a few other places. Everybody wanted Hugh Jackson. Hell, my friends in Dallas were saying that if for some reason or another Jason Garrett got fired, they thought Hugh Jackson would be in Dallas next year coaching Tony Romo. Like that, you know, he's a guy that was wanted big time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, however, I am one that I'm going a little bit stronger. I'm putting it down for the full story. Um, I think it's about three quarters true. I think, number one, Hugh Jackson is power crazy. Yep. Um, I think that he is all about wanting to have his control. Um, number one, I don't see that being the case in Cincinnati at any point. Cause of course we know the Brown family, the Brown family thinks that if you're not in the Brown family, you get mediocre set in the organization. And I don't think that would have flew with Hugh Jackson. And, and so I believe Marvin Lewis was trying to at least talk to, to the Brown family about the possibility of it. However, I don't think in any right mind this would have been a great... And I know I'm going to again get hate mail for this. I don't think the Bengals were going to be the right fit for Hugh Jackson because Hugh Jackson wants too much, too quick, too soon in terms of power without proof that he can handle 100% the workload like Marvin Lewis has. Well, that and, um, you know, we've heard, before, we've heard, we heard this year that um, the Bengals were really high on Paul Gunther being like their future guy. And um, so I, I thought, you know, that made, that played a lot into that for me, too, I thought. And, of course, you know, this all went out the window when, uh, you know, 
the very next, if I'm not mistaken, the very next day, was it was it Friday or Saturday he signed the one year extension? Yeah, I think it was like literally the day before, like like this story came out. Because I think I think it was I I, I want to say it was Friday. Yeah. Uh, that the story came out. Um, because everybody was tied up. I wrote the story, and so this is why I'm thinking it's Friday because I think I was actually sitting in a restaurant on Friday when the news came out, and then typed the story on my phone. Um. Because nobody else would. No, I'm kidding. I'm. I, I I know. I'm behind. I'm behind. I'm catching up soon. You are catching up. Um. By the way, you are threatened to uh, be dethroned. Um. As, as king. Um. We run. We run a contest, by the way, for these guys because these guys work so hard. Uh. And and Dylan and I appreciate it on every level. And so uh, you know, I I've got to get this prize thing together. I I have yet to figure out the prize. Um. <laughs> uh. So. Uh, but, uh, so we try to reward these guys because they do such a great job, um, you know, on the site for sure. And so, um, Tim won last month and, uh, this month, of course, help our, help our guys out. You know, if you have a favorite writer, help them out for sure. Uh, cause whoever gets the most page view average per article wins, uh, and they have to have more than four articles. So Tim is behind. Boo ha ha. Uh, you know, um, but, uh, life's been crazy, my friend. Life's been crazy. Same here. Same, same here. Um, I'm a little bit behind this week. I'll probably get an email from our uh, lovely managing editor, uh, Phil, who, uh, who came over from our MBA sites and he, uh, he definitely gives us some great feedback, but I'll probably be getting an email from him this week, uh, about, uh, other needing to step it up, uh, or, uh, uh, barely making the cut because I've got what? I'll have two days to get all my articles in. So um, it's not unheard of, but my <laughs> wife will kill me. So um, yeah. if I'm if I'm not here next week and, and you have uh, uh, Dylan or one of the other guys, I'm probably dead. So, um, no, uh, but these guys do an awesome job. So please, um, this is my plea. Go to stripehype.com. Go read what these guys put up, of course. You know, I try my best to put up the best articles I can, but our site is is way more than Dylan and myself. You know, Tim, Brian, uh, Dustin did a great job. I know he's kind of on a hiatus because of some personal stuff. Uh, which congratulations uh, to him and his wife. I believe they are uh, nice. Way to go! Getting, uh, they are they're they are getting uh, baby number three. Uh, 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 I believe it's baby number three. Uh, uh, keep keeping along and, and healthy in terms of uh, their pregnancy. So congratulations to them. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, uh, the rest of the staff there, Serenity, and uh, I know I'm going to miss Casey. some. There, Matt, Matt Pedroza, Casey, all those guys do a, do such a great job. Of course, um, Casey and uh, Brian did a great job last week. Uh, in such short notice, because what we we literally gave them uh, ten hours, twelve hours. Yeah, I was like really like I was trying to go, man, and I just could not move. So I was like, I, I've been there. Yeah. So blame you at all, but uh, they did a great job, and of course that was the that was the first time we tried actually having more than two people on a podcast. So I need to get better at calling on people, dude. I say next week we get a bunch of people. Uh, by the way, we got to talk about because I uh. I threat next Thursday is anniversary day for me, so I gotta Ooh. Yeah, I gotta work around work the show around that somehow. What if we get two or three writers with us next week and we do a we do a first round mock draft on the air? You know, that would be awesome if everybody could get uh get something together. Um you know, obviously, as you know, we spend a lot of time online during the show and on Twitter, so it it would be interesting to see if those guys uh would be would be up for it. Uh, for sure, but... I'll try. Uh, I'll send it out, see if I can make it happen. Or if not, you and I are just going to do a mock draft next year, uh, next week. Yeah, well, no, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> even if the guys can't be on it, of course, um, in two weeks, where are you going to be? Chi-Town, baby! That's right. Uh, Matt Pedroza should be with us that week, so in two weeks, Matt um, will uh, be joining the other Matt, so it'll be Matt and Matt, um, instead of, what was it, Pete and Pete, the old Nickelodeon show? This show was awesome. Uh, uh, so it's Matt and Matt, um, and uh, you know we're talking about trying to figure out something special for that week. Whether we do a 
face-to-face video um, and possibly do it live on YouTube, which would be awesome, um, or whether we uh, do a pre-recorded face-to-face. I- I'm thinking, though, we have to do something live. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be long, but that would be really cool. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, so we, we've got some stuff kind of brewing in, in the works there. Um, Tim, believe me, if for some odd reason something doesn't work out, because again, married man anniversary, um, for num for, for number five, we were down in, uh, in, in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. So, so, um, and, and luckily all we basically had to pay for was gas and, uh, uh, some other stuff, uh, food, all that, because, uh, we're very lucky. Uh, my brother lives down in Charleston as well as my parents have a place down in Charleston. So we were able to stay there totally, uh, rent free and hotel free. And, uh, so we enjoyed the beach and we actually got to enjoy a lot of stuff on, uh, a, more of a budget stake type thing where we didn't feel like we were coming home broke. Yeah. So, I hear you. But, uh, so if for some odd reason you have to take the week off, I fully understand. <laughs> uh, but uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully the uh, yeah. girlfriend uh, works around it. That just may mean that the uh, ring might have to be just a little bit bigger. Uh, kidding, by the way. <laughs> kidding. Oh, yeah. We got a bit for that. So <laughs> that being said, last picking up for next. I got to have a fun one every show. Absolutely. All right. So last night was a huge night in the NBA. One of the biggest nights the NBA will ever have. Yep. Was Kobe Bryant's 60-point farewell a bigger story than the Golden State Warriors breaking the Chicago Bulls' 72-win record? Absolutely. You really think so? No way. Absolutely. In fact, you know what's funny? If we go back and watch the ratings for both games, I can almost guarantee you the ratings for Kobe Bryant Last game was higher than the or than the uh, Golden State Warrior game because they were on at the exact same time. I know I haven't both DVR'd. I haven't watched. I know it happened, but I haven't watched them yet. And it was ridiculous because I watched the first quarter before going to bed, and Kobe went from going like zero for five <laughs> to all of a sudden having like seventeen points in the first quarter. Dude, he took 50 shots. <laughs> Ridiculous he did. But the funny thing is, is like, it almost became an, a, a game of anything Kobe can do, everybody else couldn't do better. Yeah. Because they ended up winning the game. Yeah, and he, so, he had 60 points. But that was such a... I, I, that, that had so much media attention because it was Kobe Bryant's last game. Kobe Bryant has been the Michael Jordan of this era. Yeah. Let's put it that way, because, I mean, for, for you know, some of the, the you know, guys who are in their 30s and even 40s remember Jordan very well. Uh, younger guys may not remember Jordan so well, but Kobe Bryant has been kind of the great one of this period. Of course, you had Magic Johnson as, and during one period. You had Dr. J being another period. You had um, uh, Michael Jordan being, you know, another period. Now we've had Kobe Bryant and we have LeBron James, you know. So, you know, Kobe was, and Kobe will be, if, if if he isn't in the Hall of Fame first ballot for the NBA, there's something wrong with those people. But that is why. I mean, he, he's such a legend. I see it, man. And, you know, I, I, I get where you're coming from, and I fully appreciate I was never a huge Kobe fan, but I appreciate everything he did for the NBA. But yeah. this is a record that everyone literally said would never be broken. That there's no way some team can find a way to stream together 82 games without losing 10 ever again. A team that literally shot nonstop. Steph Curry hit 400 three-pointers this year. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, man. So we're talking about a team that's probably going to go back-to-back. A team that set so many records that are starting the next NBA dynasty. A dynasty Kobe Bryant once had is now coming to, come to fruition with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I mean, but we know, first off, Steve Kerr was on that yeah. bolt team. Steve Kerr is leading this Golden State Warriors team. 
I mean, so anymore, it's kind of one of those situations where I think there was so much hype around it so early that by the end of it, nobody was really surprised. I think if this would have been one of those things where it was like the impossible was happening and, and how, you know, all, all this uproar, but if we're back in the Bulls day, this would have been huge. The only issue with it is, is media is so much bigger these days. Oh, yeah. That by the time it happened, nobody was surprised. So everybody wanted to see Kobe. Because Kobe's last game was kind of the game to put him out. Everybody already expected Golden State Warriors, the Golden State Warriors to beat the Grizzlies. Even though, two, or two games prior, the Grizzlies took them to a 199-point game where they lost by one. But nobody looked at that fact because the Grizzlies kind of stunk the rest of the year. Yeah, it was nuts, man. It was a hell of a game, though. No, I, I, I'll take your word on it. I was busy watching Kobe and then sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, so. But, yeah, man, I, I mean, it was, a, it was a great night for basketball. And, uh, Absolutely. And a night the NBA really, really made some money off of, to say the least. So, you know, since the lottery is fixed, it means the Lakers are the first pick now, right? Do they have the first pick? They will. It's the lottery's, okay. the lottery's fixed. Let's be honest. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm 30, 30, uh, 30 for 30 uh, on ESPN is talking about Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, so. it's, the, uh, one on the, uh, it's the one on the Magic with uh, Shaq and Penny. I can't wait to watch it. Well, it, it's on right now. I don't know if you're DVRing it I or am. not. But... Oh, I am. Oh. All right, so... But with that being said, if you would like to do the honors. Yes, I would love to. We will now close out this week's edition of Men in Stripes, brought to you by StripePipe.com, a fan-sided exclusive. I promise this is the week. I'm getting it all together. I'm getting the shows downloaded. I'm getting it all put in. We will be back week with all of our weekly episodes on iTunes, getting that taken care of. Until then, be sure to check us out on YouTube each and every week with Matthew being so awesome and so gracious with my crazy life lady to be sure uh, taking care of this for me uh, while, we're, while we're still killing it on StripePipe. Uh, thanks again to all our fans tuning in. If you give us suggestions, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Men and Stripes SH. If you want to shoot us an email, shoot it to us at Men and Stripes SH at gmail.com. We'll be sure to answer that. And if you have any questions, we'd love to put them on there for you and get the word out. Thank you all again. Everyone enjoy the week. We're almost to draft day, baby. Have a good one and who day? Who day? <laughs>